0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Today it was really on my heart, leading up to today rather, it was really on my heart to share a little bit about who we are as a church and what we're doing and the mission that we're on. And I think this is something we need to visit probably more frequently than I do and looking for opportunities to do that because God has a plan and purpose for everybody and he brings us together to fulfill a plan and purpose corporately. And a lot of times we ask ourselves, I don't know what God has for my life or I don't know what God's created me to do and that's a fair question and there's ways that you can discover that, ways we can help you discover it. But there are some things that the Bible says that we know that we're to be about. And it's very clear in the scripture what you and I as Christ followers are to be about. Now I say Christ followers because the, the word Christian has a whole different meaning today than it used to. Come on, are you with me? I mean, if 82 or 87% of this country is Christian, I think there should be a little bit more godliness around, uh, but I'm just saying that we'll talk about this from a standpoint of a Christ follower, which to me means someone that's acting like a Christian, following Christ, rather than just in name only. And again, culture and society has kind of watered that down. There's just a broader view than what I think really is to be a Christ follower than a Christian. And so, I want to come from that standpoint this morning, but to talk about what you and I are charged to do in the Scripture, and then as God brings us together, how we accomplish some of those things. And I'm I'm really excited to share something new that's coming for Tree of Life Church, a new missions initiative. And so, I'm going to update a few things for you as well. But let's take a look in the Scripture, and let's look at some instructions for Jesus, from Jesus, rather, to all of us, all of us Christ followers. We find two places in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Matthew and Mark. But go ahead and turn to Matthew 28 first. And these are instructions from Jesus to Christ followers, those that profess to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let's take a look at verse 18, 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Say all. all. Now understand this is very powerful for you and I. You should grab a hold of this as a Christ follower. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The implication is if it's been given to him, it's been given to those who follow him. Amen. In fact, when he goes to heaven, then we are his representation on the planet. We are in a sense, if you will, Jesus to this lost and hurting world, so all authority in heaven is yours and mine, and we need to walk in that. He's given us power and authority for a reason in heaven and on earth has been given to him, therefore to us. So because you've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, go and make disciples. Now, a disciple is a Christ follower, someone who's walking out the teachings of Christ. Now in order to have disciples, it begins with converts. That's why we need to get people saved, right? We're not just changing their eternity, though. We're setting them up for all authority in heaven to be theirs so they can walk out life doing what God has called them to do, amen? Not just to exist, but to do something amazing for the kingdom of God, something bigger than ourselves. So we need converts, which is why we give the altar call or chance for people to know Christ every time we have a service and why we do some of the outreaches and evangelism and missions that we do. We are on mission. To not only have people come to Christ, but then from that moment, if they'll allow us to help take them through a process or a journey of growing and becoming what God's called them to be and walking in the authority that Jesus has given. Hey, let me say this. I didn't say it first service, it just kind of came to me, I think, as the Holy Spirit saying this. It would, be, it would be sad if at the end of our lives, when we get to heaven, we didn't walk in the authority that Jesus gave us. I mean, if authority is given to me, come on, I need to be walking in that. I don't need to be squandering that or wasting that for one second. It's given for a reason, and so we need, to, we need to see what that looks like, and we need to see how that's used and how we operate in that. So, go make disciples of all nations. Say all again. We need to have a heart for the world, not just what we're doing here. We'll talk about that. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you. Now listen to this, always to the very end of the age. He says you're to be doing this be my representation, walk in all authority that I've given you to all nations until I return again. When, when it talks right there about the end of the age, it talks about his return. So we have, we have work to do till Jesus comes back. Well, I'm just going to take a break or go on vacation or I'm off this week. Oh, no, no, not for the kingdom of God, you're not. You're on, you're, on, you're on the clock until Jesus returns, come on. And he's given you authority and ability to do that, so it's not a bad thing. So not only does he want you to do something, he's equipped you for that. And so that's what we're to do. Let's take a look over then in Mark. Again, the Great Commission restated uh, stated a little differently, gives us a little more insight. He said to them, go into all the world, say all, all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. What I love about this is the fact that people will believe and be baptized, but basically saying everybody needs to get a choice. Come on, everybody needs to have a choice. Everybody deserves the right to choose for themselves, amen? And so that's what we need to — we've been given authority to go preach the good news so everybody can choose whom they'll serve or whom they'll follow, Jesus or this world. And it goes on to say this, and these signs will accompany those who believe — why will signs that accompany? Because all authority's been given you, equipped you for the mission. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons, speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people, and they will get well, amen? So we've been given all authority to go and reach people to help them find Jesus and walk in their authority, disciples, and take the good news and message that we have, and when we do that, because we have authority in Jesus' name, we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles. And that's what our mission here on the earth is. I just don't know what I'm called to do, Pastor. Well, I just told you. Now, you have some other pieces to that, obviously. But this is what we're all to be a part of. He's given all of us authority. He's given us his instruction to be able to do that. Those are instructions for Christ followers. Now, how do we do that? He answers, because that's a big task. He's asking a whole lot of us. Well, then he gives us the ability. So he answers how in the book of Acts, Acts 1, 4 through 5. Let's take a look real quick. Acts 1-4. On one occasion while he was eating with them, his disciples, Christ's followers, he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, the free gift from my, f- th- my father promised from God, free gift from God, which you have heard me speak about. He's talked about it before. For John baptized with water, but in a few days he'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So now he's giving us a little insight. Go receive a gift. Hey, you're going to need this gift to accomplish the instructions I just gave you. And God said he's going to give it to you. And so he goes on to say this then in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, now we see the gift, and we equate the Holy Spirit now to power. I'm empowering you, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you'll be my witnesses, follow my instructions, bringing the good news to the world. In Jerusalem, your local area, Judea, Samaria, your region or your nation, and the ends of the earth. So understand we've been given instructions, and then in Acts, we've been given the, the power, and the plan. So Jesus gives us instructions, He gives us the power to carry them out, and the plan or the strategy to do that. So basically what we're saying is, He's given us instructions, or we've been commissioned to fulfill His work on the planet, then He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit and His authority, all authority, and the power, and then He's given us a plan. You need to be about that, notice that it said this, it said Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, or this, local and national and international. Some people teach falsely then, local, then national, then international. I've read a lot of translations, I don't see that anywhere. So what it says to me is we need to be about the instructions of Jesus using his power and authority in the whole entire world all the time at the same time. Does that make sense? You need to be involved as a Christ follower, locally, nationally, and internationally. But that may be a little bit overwhelming. Okay, that, I see you, but how do you do that? Come on, nationally, I mean locally, nationally, and internationally? We see the vehicle then as we continue to walk out the passage after the Gospels and Acts. So we need a vehicle to make it happen because in and of ourselves, I, I don't know what relationships you have nationally or internationally to be able to do what you've been instructed to do and equipped by the power to do. So we go on to Acts 2. Acts 2, we see here in this passage of Scripture, the power of the Holy Spirit comes. In fact, verse 5 says, the power of the Holy Spirit came, they all flooded out into the streets that were in the upper room, and, and then they, people gathered and hearing them speak in every tongue under heaven. In fact, verse 5 says, people from every nation under heaven gathered. Not one nation was left out. And it says they all heard them in their own language. The Holy Spirit empowered the disciples to speak in their language. Whether it be the Holy Spirit them hearing it that way or where they spoke that way, the power was there to communicate the good news to every language under heaven, or every people group under heaven, the scripture says. And so then it says Peter preached the good news of forgiveness of sin, Acts 2.41. Let's read this. So let's see the vehicle here that which this happens. Those who accepted the message were baptized, about 3,000 added to the number that day. Next verse. They devoted themselves and all these people that gathered together that had instructions of Jesus, that had the power of the Holy Spirit, and had the plan, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, now they all gathered together. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were gathered together had everything in common, common purpose, common mind, common vision. They sold property possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. What we see is the establishment of the local church. So you have instructions for every Christ follower, you have the power for everyone to carry out and the authority, you have the plan that we do it locally, nationally, and internationally all at the same time, and you have the vehicle by which that happens, everybody coming together. So you can come to Tree of Life and actually give an offering or pray, and then you can impact China. You can impact Mexico, you can impact South Africa, or Cambodia, or India, whatever that is. That's how, how can I be a part of what God's asking me to do? By coming collectively together, the vehicle is the local church. So by your praying and your giving, you're doing what God has asked you to do. You are in the will of God, and being in the will of God brings the blessings of God, does it not? In fact, the Bible says the blessings overtake you. You don't have to pursue the blessings. You pursue the will of God, and the blessings will overtake you. So we've been commissioned, we've been given a plan. We've been given the power, and we've been given the vehicle, so every single one of us should be involved in this, and we do that through the local church. So I just want you to see that, because we're going to embark on a new missions initiative, but I want you to see what you've been able to do. I'm going to give you just a really quick update of what you've been able to do and the difference that you've been able to make. And because, I believe, because we've been doing what God has instructed us, we continue to see the blessings of God here, amen? It's not based on a man or a person or a team or whatever. It's obedient people gathering, gathering together and following out the word of God because following the word of God brings, brings the blessings of God. So I want you to know our Jerusalem, our local, we've done a few things. I'll give you just really... Just a little glimpse. There's so much more that you're doing, but I want to let you know that we embarked on a great um, local outreach with the Kids Club of New Braunfels, with Comal Independent School District, with Oakwood Baptist Church, and with the Church of the Nazarene to bring an after-school program to Morningside Elementary. They've done a fantastic job. You have many tree lifers that are serving and working over there a couple days a week, but it's done for the summer. But we're going to start it again in the fall, and we're going to ask you to pray and see what God would have you do, because we're doubling the number of kids that we're ministering to. And let me tell you, there's been great change in those kids' lives. Second graders, I think 14 second graders, or roughly 14 second graders, their lives have been changed. Their teachers talk about the difference it's made. Their parents talk about the difference it's made. You're making a difference. You are. And understand for a, the superintendent of a school district to approach some churches to put together a program in the local school that's faith-based is a blessing in, a, in the favor of God in and of itself. Amen? It's amazing. It's amazing. And understand that in Morningside, where the, where the program started is uh, the reason they started at Morningside Elementary, it contains, I think, the highest concentration of under-resourced families that have kids in that school. And so, I appreciate the fact that they wanted to go straight to, you know, the greatest need and let's establish something there. And who knows, the sky's the limit on that. But you know what we're doing? We're taking care of our Jerusalem we're in the will of God. And then let me just tell you that the Family Life Center, you hear us talk about that all the time, are doing, is doing great things in our area, our community, and in our area. And so we appreciate all of you that serve and give towards that, and we appreciate the work that they're doing, the team is doing there. And it just, I mean, it would take a couple services to tell you all the things that, that are going on there, good. But you also know that we established a Family Life Center in Seguin recently, well, it's been over a year or so now. And so they're doing a great job, there's a great need in that area. And so we felt that that was our Jerusalem amen so we established one there stepped out in faith and we had been uh, housed in a business that the business has graciously uh, allowed us to be there we didn't have any overhead and and they let us use their furniture and all their equipment and so all the monies could go towards helping people in need and not pay some of the administration costs or some of the the overhead and so we could maximize the impact with the resources that were coming in and so but we had outgrown that uh, particular business and they had some other needs and so uh, we launched out in faith and found a facility about maybe about a block or half a block away, and so as we began the process of moving into a new facility, one of the things we're thinking about is about the overhead, and now we thought we might have to pay some overhead. Well, God is good, and when you're in the will of God, and the blessings of God overtake you because you're following His instructions, you're walking in the authority that He gave you, you're following and, and using the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, and then you're reaching people. Guess what? The business where we just vacated said they would take care of the lease, Amen. How awesome is that? Another organization said they wanted to step up and they're considering taking care of the, the uh, utilities. And then we still needed furniture and equipment and computers and phones. And so uh, we asked the organization, and, and while we get on our feet, could you allow us to borrow that until we, we get some others? And they said, just take it, keep it, whatever you need. Take all the furniture, it's yours. Take the computers, they're yours. Take the phones, they're yours. Come on. That's a favor of God. It's awesome. What a great opportunity. But you know what? Why that's there? In the will of God, following the instructions, doing what God's asking us to do. And so Judea Samaria would be things like our nation, and we're involved in things, and probably less visible, but nonetheless, we sow and invest in these organizations nationally. Rama Bible College, where I graduated from, and we have an opportunity to help sow into others being trained up. Many of the staff here, many of our volunteers and leaders here are RaMA grads, and we have a great relationship there. The Champions Network, which is Joel Osteen's network, which we got involved with several years ago. In fact, if you remember last year, those that were here, we did, we partnered in the Night of Hope in San Antonio. We've seen many people come to Tree of Life because of the Champions Network and our relationship there, and we're grateful for that. And another organization called The Significant Church, which invests into smaller churches and rural communities. They don't have some of the resources and access to things, that maybe some of the bigger churches do, but for them to know that they are are significant and have great value, we're part of an organization that invests in those pastors and their teams to help resource them so that they can have the tools that they need to reach their communities. So we're doing what we're called to do locally in many ways, nationally as well. And that brings me to today, the ends of the earth. And we have many things going on in missions. We support individual missionaries like Ron Wallach in Mexico, Taylor Sullivan in in South America. And I think I see her right here on the third row, Tammy Becker, who has been really all over the world, but she's been uh, in uh, India, in fact, and some other places. Tammy, why don't you stand up? Let's show her our love. Appreciate what she does. Tammy Becker. Great job. (laughs) We're glad you're home, but not as glad as that man in the red shirt sitting next to you, but we're glad that you're here too. So thank you for what you do. Uh, We've been involved in many other missions, uh, missionaries uh, around the globe. Uh, We have, uh, in times past, started uh, a work, um, pursuing a work in the Philippines. Uh, We had looked at establishing a a church there. Our pastors had to come off the field. They had just had uh, round and round and round of sickness and things that they struggled and And uh, just it was a tough thing. So they came off the field, but we continued to support some um, ministries there that we built relationship with. In fact, I want to let you know that in particular the typhoon, the super typhoon that hit there a few years ago, we had resources and relationships already in place because of our initiative to help. I just want to let you know uh, where we're at with some of those things. We're building a home for a, a widow lady that lost everything in the super typhoon. Her name is Felicina, and you'll see her right here. Here's Felicina on the right, the gray-haired lady, and she has a nine-by-nine home with a dirt floor and a tarp. Well, we're going to—we have the finances to build her a brand new home. Amen? Because the Bible says take care of the widows, right? Take care of the people in the the mission field. I love that. And then we're also uh, providing two uh, roofs for two churches— uh, still in disrepair from the typhoon, and we're helping repair two other churches. So, four churches, we're using our resources to help them that were damaged in the super typhoon and have yet to be able to be repaired. So, many things are happening. Of course, you know, uh, the Audible De Vita gets updates all the time, our sister church in Mexico. We're getting ready to take a trip at the end of July, I believe it's the 23rd through the 30th. And so, we've got a great team already in place for that. And so, we've been gathering resources. In fact, when you came in, you saw the people serving in the food court or a cafe or a uh, there, all the proceeds of whatever you purchase in the cafe today, go to providing resources for that trip for the orphanages, and if you feel led on your way out, if you don't want to eat here, or whatever, that's it's great food there, but uh, feel free just to drop a donation in there, they'll be out there, and that would be a blessing. Um, we're getting ready to go down there, my brother talked to him last week, and last Sunday they had 319 people in their service. That's a record for them, that's awesome, and they do they do multiple services. I'm like, how did you do that? He goes, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do this week, but you know, 319 people. So God's been good. Uh, they're working with two orphanages. One has 51 children, one has 17. And so uh, part of what the proceeds will go today is help us get the things they need. They need clothes, they need shoes, they need underwear, they need school supplies. The team will be there two weeks before they go back to school off their summer break. We're going to get them school supplies, backpacks, school clothes, those kind of things. And so all the proceeds from that will help and we'll let you know how you can be involved more in the future. So they're doing a great job. Uh, and the team will be there on your behalf and with doing evening crusades and children's services and handing out resources. So I wanted to let you know about that. Certainly more coming. But I want to let you know in the time that we have left about a new missions opportunity. I believe this is a Lord that spoke to the heart of my wife and myself a while back. And we had no, we weren't looking for other missions opportunities, if you will. We, we felt that we were happy or full with what we're doing and and busy enough. How many you guys know God has other plans and he'll stretch you? And because he knows exactly what he wants done and so we have to be obedient to that. And so as we were uh, at a conference, significant church conference last January in 2014, the pastor, Pastor Jim Graff, uh, who's married to Tamara Graff, who's an uh, Osteen, uh, they were there sharing the vision of the ministry that they have been doing in India. And you've heard me mention India before. Never had a desire to go to India. India. Don't like curry. <laughs> and uh, so, n- none of that. And so, and all of a sudden, we sat there and, and heard them share their story in their heart of the ministry, and something just dropped on the inside. I don't know how to explain that, but you know when you've sat there and something just really connected with you. And so we signed up to get more information on a trip, not to sign up to go on a trip, just to get more information. And so as time uh, progressed, we eventually did get a phone call telling us about the dynamics of the trip. But in that time, we couldn't get away from something was stirring in our hearts. And we weren't moved by emotion because, again, we had no desire. It's so the last place we probably wanted to go. But something was compelling us to connect. And so we, we did. We said, let us go on the trip. We feel that's the Lord. And so um, we went on the trip, and it just changed our lives, I mean, just totally changed us. I've been a lot of places in the world, I mean, this is how I knew this was God and so many other connecting points. And we knew that God was speaking to our heart, therefore tree of life, to do something beyond what we're currently doing, to have a bigger heart for the world and the opportunities that are out there. We weren't moved by emotion, I'll say this, because there's needs everywhere on this planet. We were moved by opportunity, and we were moved by the generosity of this congregation, because you're always so generous. But we were also moved by the instructions of the Lord, going to all the world. Make sure that we have a, a, our heads up, our hearts open to the world and what God would speak. Take authority over things. It's a big work. That's a big project, God. Walk in the power of God through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit and follow out his plan. And, and we knew that God was speaking that, that this was going to be part of our, to the end of the earth, the world part. And so uh, we're going to be partnering with Indian Evangelical Team, which I'll introduce you a little bit more of that in just a moment. But I wanted to start, I want to show you a video real quick, because as we sat there on the trip, we met so many pastors, we talked to so many people that really, we don't really know what persecution is that they're facing it every single day from beatings to having things taken away from them. And it just is amazing. We sat and listened to so many pastors, but one couple in particular, we had a chance to meet, we had had a chance to speak to them and the teachings that we did and then interacting with them on a personal level. And we want you to hear what they're doing and it will give you a picture of what we're gonna be about. And so here's this video I want you to watch. (music)
1: Uh, My name is uh, Shivram and my wife's name is uh, Lucky and we both together are working with Indian Evangelical team and we are planting churches among the Havri people. We are from Hindu background, we did not know about Jesus Christ, but years back we had a lot of problems and troubles in our family and that time some missionaries came and they prayed for us. Uh, We saw problems ease out one by one and we started believing in Jesus Christ. And um, I I committed to serve Jesus 100% with all my abilities. Uh, After I uh, committed to be a full-time missionary, I decided to go to Indore. Uh, and study Bible for two years. The Bible Institute that we have in Indore was donated to Indian Evangelical team by Faith Family Church. And uh, I studied there for two years, leaving my wife and my children alone in the village. And they were living in a very small, thatched house. And there were a lot of problems that they faced in these two years in my absence. And many times my wife was being uh, opposed by anti-Christian people there. In the night time also sometimes anti-Christian people came and they harassed my wife, but uh, we took up the challenge and I said no matter what happens I will not go back without finishing my studies and God helped me to complete my two years Bible training here in Indore successfully. And after finishing that I I, along with my family right now we have gone to Pavri tribe and we are doing our mission work there. In my ministry, I have seen a lot of hardship and uh, oppositions in the last years. A few years back, in the village that I was ministering in, uh, even the elders of that village got together to attack us and eleven men got together and they raped two of our ladies brutally and uh, these ladies were raped again and again but they still stand in faith with jesus and also all male believers of that village they were made naked with just a towel on their waist and they were made to walk through all the streets of the village because they believed in jesus christ in 2010, I was transferred from this village to another village called Borgau, and I started doing work there also. And God started working there also in an amazing way. And we baptized over 100 people in Borgau village where I was transferred. And then again, there also persecution started happening, and the enemy has its own way. And the opposition came, and the anti Christian people came as a mob. Uh, while we were having the prayer meeting there in the house, the mob came and they also brought police with them. But by then, after two hours, the police took uh, took us into custody. Uh, While they were taking me and my wife to the police station, I requested the police officers, you can take me to the police station but leave my wife because we have three children, ten-year, eight-year, and six-year-old, and they are are right now with our family friends. My wife needs to go home and look after them. You put charges against me and take me to the police station and leave my wife, but they would not listen to any of our requests and they took us to the police station. And because we did not reach home, all our three children, they walked eight kilometers from that house to our house in the night, all alone by themselves. And the police took us to the police station. And when you talk about Indian jail, uh, it's just very hard. You, I mean, uh, it would be about 50, 60 people in a small cell where it should be only five to six people.
0: I'm to go a
1: We have seen a lot of oppositions and trials in our ministry over the years.
0: Uh, But
1: even that time, I was not worried about my children because I knew my God is there to look after my children. I did not have even a single uh, worry or tension in my life about my kids because I knew my God is with them. And as long as we are doing his work, he will look after our children. And when we were taken to the police station and to the jail, I always had a smile on my face and I was not sad. I was not, uh, I did not overcome with fear or anything. did not have any of those kind of feelings so th- even the police officer said these people are crazy uh, they, they are they are laughing and they are smiling when we are taking them to the police station but we had a we, we had a future we, we had a faith that our God is with us and nothing will happen without his permission all other inmates in the jail they came and asked me you know how come you are smiling how come you are laughing in the jail and she told them it is because I have Jesus in my life and I have no worry at all and she says I come overcome all this fear and all these kinds of uh, persecution because I have my faith in Jesus Christ and we as a family, me, my husband, my children, we all sit together and we pray and we draw our strength from
0: Jesus. Amen. Very powerful, powerful testimony. Now, my, my purpose wasn't to move you to a motion for any kind of response, but I want to let you know this is what we're going to be supporting. Um, not this particular missionary family. They are supported by Faith, Faith Family Church, but we probably heard interviews with at least 10 different churches. But that's what we're doing. We're gonna support missionary families, which what they'll be is pastors. They're gonna plant churches because I believe the local church is the hope for the world, amen? And so we can raise up local churches in the unreached people groups of India, then uh, we are changing the world and getting us closer to the return of Jesus. And what they do is they they obviously have the courage, they have the dedication, Uh, Indian evangelical team does the training and the equipping, they need people to help sponsor them, help them do that. And I think that we can certainly do that uh, through your generosity, and it doesn't take much for all of us doing a part of that. Uh, we're also going to be working with Audible De Vita. Pastor Jeff and I have been talking, and they're on board. In fact, they've showed a video that I'm going to show you in just a moment already and took up their first offering. And their first offering, he said, it was an amazing offering. He called me and said, we had over 10,000 pesos came in. And I'm like, well, how much is that? And he said, well, th- d- at, based on the exchange rate of that day, when we punched it in into the calculator, it came back to $666.666. And I said, oh my goodness, there was this silence. And he laughed and said, don't worry, we added a little bit more. And I said, oh, praise the Lord, that's yeah, guy. <laughs> hey, we'll use the devil's money. It doesn't matter where it comes from, right? It doesn't matter. It's all for a good cause and all to share the gospel. So, they've already been contributing to that. And so, we're going to partner together with Ottawa De Vida to make it happen. But we're going to plant life-giving churches in places they don't have any, that there is no church, there is no Christian, there's no Bible, there's no Jesus film and so um, how that happens is through a relationship with Indian evangelical team who has been doing this for years and they have a proven system It's Faith Family Church in Victoria who's been a part of this for I think at least 10 years and I think they're on their fifth or sixth people group that they're going to sponsor, a people group, which is what we're going to do. But I want to let you hear about the opportunity through Indian evangelical team and so I have another video for you and this will kind of explain a little bit how that happens and so if you wouldn't mind watching another video for me, uh, direct your attention to the screen.
1: Evangelical team is the largest church planting organization in Southeast Asia. By the grace of God, we have planted more than 7,000 churches in North India. We we are mainly concentrating in North India, which is the hardest place to reach with the love of Jesus Christ. We have a lot of persecutions, a lot of sufferings, a lot of problems here. Every day we we hear stories of our brothers and sisters being attacked, put into jail, and and, uh, being beaten. But even midst of this, the good news is that God is taking us to the places where nobody has gone and we have planted churches where uh, nobody could even dream of going. And the main motto of Indian Evangelical Team is to reach the unreached at any cost and to plant churches where there are no churches.
0: In January of 2014, my wife Jessamy and I sat in a meeting with a pastor who talked about ministry in India that he and his church had been participating in. As he shared the stories and shared the stories of the church planters and the challenges they faced, our heart was really stirred. In September of that same year, we joined him on a trip, and as soon as we entered the country of India, we immediately fell in love with the people. God had done something in us and gave us a burden for the lost and hurting of India. Now, India is a very tough place, a hard place, and in particular, the state of Pradesh. John is a state that has such a great need, and we really felt a burden to partner with Indian evangelical team in this church to help bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a place where it's illegal to win people to Jesus Christ, and so the missionaries and church planners there face persecution and even death every single day. They're beaten and thrown in prison. Things are taken away, yet they're so dedicated to the cause. It's a place where they've never heard of Jesus Christ before. They don't even have a Bible in their language, and yet there's men and women dedicated to bringing the gospel. All they need is people to sponsor with them. We're going to support some church planters, we're going to reach out and adopt the Namadi People Group, and our support, yours and ours together, will enable us for five years to send 10 missionaries to preach the gospel into a dark place. We're asking you to pray and see what God would have you do as Tree of Life Mexico and Tree of Life Texas partner together to be that tree of life to a lost and hurting world. This journey actually began over 18 years ago in Tampico, Mexico, in a poor colonia where I ministered with a youth group from Tree of Life and a man from India. I had no idea 18 years later we'd be reunited in India and do ministry together. So we're excited about what God's doing in and through Tree of Life Mexico and Tree of Life Texas to reach the people of India. It's going to be a great adventure. We're going to stand together in faith and reach people for Christ.
1: On an average, every pastor has two to three congregations that he has to look after, and they go from one village to the other village preaching the gospel, and so we try to provide them with a bicycle which makes their work easy to go from one village to the other village for every uh, 30 village preacher or pastor we have an area supervisor or a junior leader and he goes to their places at least twice in a month so we try to provide them with a motorbike so that it becomes more easier and faster for him and a motorbike would cost us somewhere close to a 1000 dollars over every division, we have a divisional leader who looks after the work every missionary is doing. Most of our villages do not have electricity, so we need to have a generator. So we try to give every leader of ours a uh, SUV, a Jeep, in which they can carry this generator, literature, all these things, go to the village, have PS PA system. This would attract people, and people will come, and they will hear the gospel for the first time. So for every worker, we need a bicycle. For every junior leader, we need a motorbike. And for every divisional leader we need a SUV or a Jeep. So we would request you to pray and support that God will enable us to provide the tools so that we can reach India with the love of Jesus.
0: The opportunity, you know, that lies before us, tree of life. It's in line with the scripture, the instructions of Jesus. We have authority that we can walk in to do His work. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to go beyond our natural selves and to do this walk in the supernatural that He provides. We also have a plan: Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we have the vehicle, of the local church, and you're so generous and you're so full of faith. I believe God's asking us to step out and, and expand our heart for the world and really to, to partner with Indian Evangelical Team, but to adopt an unreached people group. Now, the, the people group that we'll be adopting is called the Namadi people. And the Namadi people, and getting my statistics from the Joshua Project and from the World Evangelization Research Center, is a people of about 1.9 million. They're 90% Hindu, 9.9% Muslim, and according to those two organizations, there's no Bible in their language, no Jesus film in their language, no Christian broadcast in their language, and there's no missions agencies working with them currently, and we're hoping to change all that, amen? And so I'd like to change that 621 number to 620, and that's a start, amen? And I think that we need to target intentionally purposely target the unreached people groups of the world <clears throat> excuse me we'll still continue on the missions that we're doing I'm asking us to go to another level in our faith and in our giving now you go, your tithe stays the same your building pledge whatever that is but I think we all can can find ways to contribute and and what I want to do is I want to go back to what we used to do <clears throat> when we had mission Sunday how many of you guys remember mission Sunday that had been here in the past Where the first Sunday of every month, we would just let the congregation know, hey, this is Mission Sunday, and maybe we'd highlight a particular area. Don't forget the missions around the world that we're partnering with and the people that have put their lives on the line every single day. We just ask you to come prepared to give a little extra. And we're not talking about equal gifts. We're talking about equal sacrifice. For some, it might be a a couple dollars. For some, it might be much more than that. But all of us together can partner together and bring about the good news and the gospel to unreached peoples. And guess what? God will honor that and bless it. We don't do that to get, we do it because we're instructed to, and we've been empowered to do that. I want to let you know that I really feel that God is stirring our hearts then to step out and take this project in faith. So it's a five-year project. There's a great strategy, a great plan. It's five years because their strategy has proven in five years, then the works and that people group will be self-supporting, which means those churches that are being planted and raised up, those people will be given tithes and offerings, and they'll continue to grow and plant more churches. Amen? That's the power of planting local churches. We're going to support 10 pastors and their families, and we're going to fully fund them with our monies and that will enable them to do the work that they need to do. And we'll provide for them bicycles and other things. We already generously, you generously provided six bicycles when we were at, in India rather, and most of the footage that you saw in that last video were, was shot when Jessamie and I were there. We were in most of those meetings. We met most of those people, those pastors. And so we generously provided six bikes uh, that day. And so we're ready to provide more. And uh, we already have money uh, in the missions account, but we want to do it above that for tithes and offerings. Audible David has is already given towards that. We believe it is what God's speaking to our heart and our life. And we're asking you to pray and see what God would have you do. And I'm not saying change your heart from other missions things. And it might be local. It might, But all of us working together, we'll have it all covered. So we're going to take an offering up at the beginning of June. The first Sunday in June, we'll start our monthly, first Sunday of the month, Mission Sunday. We'll we'll, we'll encourage you to to give above to be able to provide things like the good news to the people, the Namadi Project in India. And I'm just telling you that, you know, we look at the thing and we can go anywhere in the world and find something emotionally moving. I really feel this is God. I've been in a lot of places and I've been in the middle of the emotion of it all, but I believe this is the opportunity. Opportunity, and I think to target someone that has never heard the gospel before is probably one of of the greatest places we could invest our resources. Now, don't get me wrong, the things that we're doing are great, we'll continue to expand, but I believe in especially in planting pastors and as they plant local churches to do that. And so that's what I'm asking you to pray and see what God would have you do. One more scripture, Matthew 24. Let me read that three through 14. Matthew 24. Here's what it says. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? You remember the end of the age statement uh, earlier in the scriptures when Jesus returns. When are you going to return? What are the signs? What's it going to look like? Jesus is going to tell him what's going to look like before he comes. Watch out that no one deceives you for many will come on my name claiming I am the Messiah, I am the way, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We see that. But to see it see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. <clears throat> nation will rise against nation. We see that kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. We see that. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you'll be handed over, persecuted, put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And we, seems like we've seen a resurgence of people killing Christians. Now you got to do is watch the news, right? And being persecuted. At that time many will turn from their faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm in the end will be saved. The one who's following the instructions of Jesus, Amen. The one who is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling his plan, using the vehicle he provided, will stand strong. Then this gospel, now listen to this, and this gospel, this good news of the kingdom, will be preached in the whole world. Say whole world whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. It just makes sense, and I believe that's what God's asking us, to start a project to to support a group of people that don't know, don't have the gospel, have not been reached. It's part of the end-time harvest that we need to be about. Amen? And I believe it's going to take all of us working together with our family in Mexico, but I believe it's something that we definitely can do. In fact, I believe we can go above and beyond. And just maybe, just maybe, one's just our start, maybe before it's done, we'll be able to add another people group. We'll be able to add some more things. At some point in time, they're, not, they're going to need things like bikes and motorcycles and SUVs. They're going to need um, outreaches paid for. They're going to need um, crusades to be paid for. They're going to need church buildings to be paid for. And that's what we're stepping out into.